Inspiring interviews with today's top landlords. This is the Rental Income Podcast. And now, Dan Lane. Marky, you were on the podcast a few months ago, and you talked about how you were getting ready to start a big rehab project. I, I wanted to, to check in with you. How have things been going? Well, Dan, I can tell you that it's been a painstakingly long process. Um, it A lot of issues that I did not initially anticipate popped up, um, and I'm still dealing with some of them. But I think slowly but surely, I've been able to kind of navigate through those problems. And um, the renovations are in the final stages, and I anticipate them being completed in the, ne- the next few weeks. So things are still going on. How long did you initially think this project was going to take? Um, it was. It started in the first or second week of June, and it was supposed to finish um, in July. So it was about to be, it, it should have been about a month. And how long has it been? At this point, about five, going on six months. I think a lot of times when people look at a Burr project, they kind of assume that the best case is going to happen. But in Marky's case, he's gone way over budget and it's taken way more time than he thought it would. So on the show today, we're going to figure out what went wrong and see what we can learn from Marky's experience. Joining us on the show today from Jersey City, New Jersey is Marky Suazo. We'll take a really quick break. We'll come right back and we'll talk to Marky. It's a lot of work to find a really good rental property. And when you actually find that property, you want to make sure you're working with a lender that can get that loan closed. The lender that I recommend is Chaley Ridge from Ridge Lending Group. She's a nationwide lender, and her specialty is helping investors finance rental properties. She has a ton of loan programs, and she can find something customized to you for your situation. If you want to find out more or you're ready to get started today, just go to RidgeLendingGroup.com. That's R-I-D-G-E LendingGroup.com, NMLS 42056. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into building my rental portfolio. It's something I'm very proud of, something I want to protect, and something I want to keep in my family for a long time. That's why I put together an estate plan. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage your own custom estate plan starting at just $199. 
Just go to trustandwill.com slash RIP and you'll get 10% off plus free document shipping. I thought about doing a will for a long time, but I thought it was going to be very complicated, confusing, and expensive, and I just kept putting it off. Luckily, I found trust and will, and the whole process could not have been easier. My wife and I sat down one Saturday morning over a cup of coffee. We went to trustandwill.com. They walked us through a series of questions, and at the end, we got our own state-specific and customized will for our needs. Trust and Will has made estate planning easy and accessible for everybody. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash RIP. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RIP. Rental Income Podcast. Marky, it's been a while since you were on the podcast last. For anyone that maybe didn't hear your first interview or maybe needs a quick refresher, can you tell us about your your current rental portfolio? Yeah, of course, Dan. Um, and thank you for having me back on. So for those that didn't hear the first episode, my current per- portfolio it consists of two other investment properties that I have in Memphis, Tennessee. Those are two single families. Um, I had a third one that I sold um, in 2020, and I used the proceeds from that sale to purchase uh, a duplex in Pittsburgh, um, which is the subject of today's episode. And you live in a pretty expensive area. You live just right outside New York City. So you're not able to buy locally because the numbers just don't work, right? Correct. At the time I um, that I was first started looking, I lived in Jersey City, which is in the New York City metropolitan area. Then I actually moved into New York um, in Queens, which is just as expensive, if not more, which is why I've always looked outside of the New York market for cash flowing properties. And a few of the properties that you've bought have been turnkey rentals where everything's been done and you've just had to buy the property and close on it, right? Correct. The first property I bought was entirely turnkey. I didn't have to do anything except sign the papers. The second property uh, wasn't turnkey, but it um, it was minimal, minimal renovations. Um, and same thing with the third property. This last one in Pittsburgh has been the first property where um, one of the units of, of the duplex needed a full uh, renovation. Awesome. So you you started off kind of simple with a turnkey rental where you didn't need to do anything. As you felt more comfortable, you started doing a little bit more work. And so this property that we're going to be talking about today, this was your your first major rehab. Correct. Okay, so l- let's talk about it. So the, you've you've had some major things come up that you weren't counting on when you first started the property. So the the first thing is that you've had some problems with the city. What, what exactly happened? So basically the property was initially zoned as a single family, even though when you walk the property, it's obviously a duplex. It has separate um, water, separate electric meters, separate entrances. um, And it's been marketed as a duplex Had two tenants in it. When I first purchased it, Um, but it wasn't zoned as a single family. So I was able to correct that before I purchased it. Um, But then it turned out it also needed a certificate of occupancy to be 
um, listed as a uh, duplex, and it never had that on file. So I basically had to go back and forth with the city to try and resolve that. Um, I tried to um, have them grandfather me the property in as a duplex because it's been a duplex for decades, and they were playing hardball and initially told me that I would have to get architectural drawings to um, basically put the layout that uh, is currently in place and then see what work, if any, would have to be done in order to have it uh, properly uh, zoned and certified as a duplex to make sure that the building's up to code and everything. Um, so all that's to say, it's it was quite the process and a lot of back and forth between myself and representatives of the city to try and resolve that issue. Now, was the property, did it look like a duplex when you first bought it? Like, were there two, or was there a space where two tenants could live? Yeah, so if you walk this property, um, anyone would swear it's a duplex. It has the main entrance to walk inside of the building, a common area, and then each unit has separate entrances. And um, there were two separate tenants in each unit. One was a one-bedroom, one-bath on the first floor, and then the second and third floor was a, I believe, three-bedroom, two—or sorry, four-bedroom, two-bath with its own separate entrance, um, and they each had separate back entrances to the outside, um, separate uh, electricity meters, um, so it, it's separate HVAC systems, so this, for all intents and purposes, was a, a, a duplex. It's just for whatever reason, there was never a certificate of occupancy on file, and um, it was zoned as a single family. Now, I'm trying to think, how would I have dealt with this, or how could I avoid a similar problem that that you've had to deal with? And I I don't know like how you could have known that this wasn't legally a duplex, because it, it looks like a duplex, Looking back on it now, is there anything that you could have done before you bought the property to confirm that it was a duplex? So I think on my part, what I would have done differently is I actually was able to find the zoning that it was zoned as a single family um, prior to making the purchase. And when I discussed that with the realtor, they were um, they assured me and they actually did follow through with this and having it zoned properly as a duplex. Um, converting it from a single family to a duplex zoning. However, there was a separate thing, um, the certificate of occupancy, which was never on file, that I wasn't aware of. And it could, um, I believe through public record searching, um, it could have been found. Um, In hindsight, I think I should have used that as an additional negotiating tool to readjust the price Mm -hmm. or all together. Totally. Totally. So, is that something that if someone's buying a duplex, maybe just call the city and confirm the zoning? Can you confirm it as simply as calling somebody? Or is it something where you're going to have to look in the land records or have someone look in the, the land records for you? You can do both. Um, you can call the city and have them confirm, or you can uh, find the zoning online for your, or yourself. Um, it's a little bit of a cumbersome process, but it's certainly possible. Okay, so th- that's just something good to keep in mind. I- I've never even heard of that or even thought of that coming up, but I mean, this is a real issue that 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 held you back. Now, y- you've had some other stuff going on. So you had a delay with some materials coming in, 
like specifically the windows, you were going to replace the windows and you had a delay where you just couldn't get them in. What, what happened? So essentially um, I, one of the parts of the, one of the things that needed to be renovated were the windows of the property. Um, I had a, my general contractor that was handling the renovation itself didn't do windows. So I had to find someone on my own. They recommended a few people, but I was able to find someone and I signed the contract with them on June 28th. And the expected time was uh, about 12 to 14 weeks. And that was across the board for, I went through like four or five different vendors and they all gave me similar timeframes. I guess it just takes a really long, long time to get these windows because they have to be made custom. And, um, however, after the 12 to 14 weeks, I'm contacting the window person. And it turns out the contractor was, uh, was involved in a motorcycle accident, um, had to get surgery. So he was able to get the windows in, um, like delivered, but he wasn't able to install them um, for some time. And that was back in like September, October. More time goes by and it's essentially been the same thing of like delay after delay as to when he can put it in because he was working with another contractor to try and get the windows installed. Um, and at this point in time, after having several conversations with him and uh, actually having gone down to Pittsburgh and speaking with him, was able to get a definitive date as to when the windows will be installed. And due to the delay, I was actually um, renegotiated the, the initial contract. So he would take about a 35% or 40% reduction in the initial price that we had agreed on due to this delay. Yeah, I mean, that's just really unfortunate because that's really pushing back your timeline because you, you can't you can't rent the property out without replacing the windows, right? Like, that's kind of a critical thing. Exactly. And then that was one of my main points when I was renegotiating the price and why I told him I, I can't pay you what we agreed upon because we you gave me a time frame of X and we're like, you know, almost two months past that. So, um we were able to come to an agreement and I have a definitive date as to when those windows will be installed. Yeah. I mean, that's just frustrating that, I mean, there's really nothing you can do. It's really out of your control. And yeah. And that was very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Contractor. Yeah. And it's like, that's something that, you know, you have a time frame. you're trying to get this rehab done so you can start making money on this property. And this is just setting you back and costing you a lot of money. Um, exactly. now also you had some problems getting some city inspections. Talk to me about that, about some of the delays that you had. So this was specifically with the plumbing. This was a subcontractor hired by the general contractor. Um, they were hired to do some plumbing work, um, in Pittsburgh. You have to go through the County, um, to get the requisite permits. Um, once the work is done in order to that, for the city to give you the final, okay. And what happened was, so basically the way Pittsburgh works is that they separate the properties um, into different zones and uh, each zone is assigned a, um, an inspector. And it just turns out that my property was in a zone where the inspector had either just retired or just quit. So that uh, zone didn't have an inspector. So it was on a delay because of that. And then it turns out that the plumber, for whatever reason, was calling the incorrect number or calling the general number and not getting one, anyone to answer to have a, an inspector go down there and schedule the inspection. Um, to give you like the time frame, 
I uh, signed the plumbing contract around the end of June, first week of July. It was supposed to take like three weeks tops. Um, and they finished the work and it was just a matter of having the inspector go down there. It was towards the end of September, October, and still no inspector uh, has been, had been sent down. Um, so during that time, I was reaching out to the contractor, trying to figure out what's going on. Why is the delay happening? They tell me they're waiting on the plumber to get the con- to the get the inspection. A few weeks of getting that same response, I finally reach out to the plumber directly. They tell me that they've been contacting the city for months and nothing, and. I finally decide to just contact the city myself and through some, you know, putting forth a little bit of elbow grease, I was able to get the correct number and I called the supervisor of the inspectors and was able to get someone down there the very next day. Wow. Now, let me ask you this. How much of this, like percentage wise, do you think you could chalk up to you being brand new to this and trying to figure everything out? How much of this is just bad luck and how much of this is you not being local that like because you don't have that face to face connection that you're having to do this over the phone? Like, do you think that that plays into any of this or do you think anybody would have had these same problems? No, I think it's uh, a com. Those were the three biggest things. The biggest one was me being new. Um, perfect example was the, the zoning, the certificate of occupancy. Um, if I had had much more or a little more experience in Pittsburgh, um, I would have known more about that and it would have handled that, um, much differently to begin with. Um, the second thing, not being local, uh, there's a lot of delay in communication when I have to send an email or when I have to, um, follow up with a phone call, call the contractor. Um, sometimes they might describe a problem to me over the phone or via email, but if I would just, if I could just see the problem it'd be much easier to understand what's going on. And then some of it is just bad luck. Like the fact that an inspector, the the inspector for my zone just happened to retire at the time that I need someone down there. Um, so I would say just to give you, you know, rough estimates, 60% of it is 60% of the issues was lack of experience. 30% of it was me not being local and 10% was just bad luck. So does that, change your opinion like for your next property would you enter into such a big rehab again or would you look for something that maybe just needs some paint and carpet or maybe even something that doesn't need any work at all correct i think um i for the next property that i look to acquire it's either turnkey or light renovation or if it's something that is a much more extensive renovation something that's much closer, like a one or two hour drives, you know, something like in upstate New York or something like that. Um, because Pittsburgh from New York is about a seven hour drive, um, much quicker flight, but that can get expensive if I'm going back and forth. Sure. So, answer your question. I, I think turn here, light renovation is what I'm going to be looking for going forward. Unless I find, uh, you know, a much better deal, um, when I'm closer. Yeah. I mean, it's like doing the burst strategy. It sounds exciting and it, it, it makes you feel like you're doing something, but things can go wrong and it doesn't always work out as perfectly as you, you plan it on your, your spreadsheet. So, you know, I, I think this is just a good warning to anyone that's thinking about doing a burr that you, you need to get, you need to have some extra money to, to 
plan for stuff like this to plan for the extra time. So like how much extra money do you think this costs you just with the holding cost of having to pay for this vacant property to sit there? Well, um, the holding cost, um, the mortgage, luckily it is a duplex and one of their units is rented. Um, it's been covering a majority of the mortgage, um, at, even after property management fees and other fees, um, I'm losing about a hundred dollars a month, um, paying the mortgage, um, in terms, the biggest expense has been the, the renovations themselves, um, which has, has gone much more over budget than I expected. Um, and if I didn't have the cash reserves and the line of credit to cover these costs, I would have been dead in the water. Yeah. So like dollar wise, like how much do you estimate that you're over? Um, I would say a good 20, maybe 25,000. Wow. 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 And so that money, it's just, it's coming from a line of credit. Correct. Okay. That, that's good that, that you have that because yeah, you're right. I mean, you would just, you, you would be in big trouble if you didn't have that. And I think also having the other side of the duplex rented out is also saving you. I mean, if, if you didn't have that, I mean, you, you would be in really big trouble, right? Yeah, exactly. It would be losing a lot more yeah. money. Yeah. All right. So then the other thing that, uh, that happened is you, you got the final invoice from your contractor and it was more than, than he had quoted initially. Yes. Yeah, so the initial, uh, the problem with that was I got the scope of work with the est- estimate that, you know, detailed all the work that was going to be done. And then, um, this, as I said, this started in June and, um, had just finished like, you know, uh, this no- November, mid November around there. And throughout that time, according to the contractor, they did uh, a lot of additional work that wasn't listed in the scope of work or the estimate, which is why, um, it was, uh, it went over budget. Um, and they try to justify it by saying it was for my benefit and they think that it will make their unit rent for much better. And all that uh, aside, the, my biggest issue is that all of these additional things were being done at an additional cost and no one ran it by me. No one asked for my approval. So they're essentially running up the bill and not uh, getting approval from me. Mm-hmm. So I t- that is obviously an issue and this estimate can't stand. And luckily, they were willing to um, basically take the loss on their end on that and um, honor the original estimate that they gave to me. So do you think anything good has come out of this? Like, have you learned anything? Like, is there any positive that's come out of this experience? Yes, I think um, the learning experience of due diligence in purchasing the property um, I learned a lot about dealing with contractors and um, dealing with the city in terms of the bureaucracy on their end. Um, and at the end of the day, I think uh, it'll make it that much better once this project is finally complete. Um, I don't know if it made this clear. I'm still moving forward with the renovations and we're almost done with them. Um, it's just a matter of finalizing everything. And I, I think the biggest learning experience I've I, taken from this is that initial due diligence um in selecting a property dealing with contractors throughout the renovation process and the subcontractors and uh dealing with the city in terms of the proper permitting zoning and certificates of occupancy have did when you were going through this did you ever consider giving up 
Oh yeah, multiple times. When I first got, when I got the initial uh, estimate for how much the renovation would be, um, I thought about just selling it and listed a realtor or engaged with a realtor, um, explored that option. Um, when I got the um, the initial issue with their certificate of occupancy and all the inspections I would need to get, um, I thought about either selling it or just taking my loss and going elsewhere. But I think one of the saving graces for me was all of the podcast episodes I've listened to on various real estate forums um, where other investors had similar or even worse issues and they were able to basically power through. Um, and I, I basically saw it as I can either give up and quit now or see this through and um, try to make it work. And that's not to say that there aren't instances where you need to cut losses um because there certainly are but i think the numbers for this deal still work if i'm willing to hold it long term which was my initial plan with this um property to begin with yeah and i I think the biggest thing just to keep in in the back of your mind is that bad times don't last forever i mean you're gonna have tough times bad things are gonna happen but better times are always ahead and it, it sounds like you're you're close to the better times. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so how much, how much time do you think it's going to take to get everything wrapped up and, and get, get this property rented out? Um, I'd like to hopefully, uh, within the next week or two, um, everything will be finalized. The windows, um, uh, the plumbing inspections, the inspection with the certificate of occupancy, um, should all be done. Um, but you know, don't quote me on that because with the city, uh, anything can happen. So I'd just like to hope that in the next couple of weeks, it'll be done. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. It sounds like you're pretty close to the finish line. I, I don't think this is going to take too much longer before you get the property rented out and this property is generating cash flow for you. I, I think it's always going to hurt going through an experience like this where you lost a lot of time and you lost a lot of money, but. I think when you look back in 5, 10, 15 years, you're going to have made so much money on this property that it's not going to really matter. So so uh, congratulations for hanging in there, Marky. Uh, I'm glad to see that you saw this through. And I would like to thank today's sponsor for making today's episode possible. It's Chaley Ridge from Ridge Lending Group. Chaley is a nationwide lender, and her specialty is helping investors finance rental properties. She has a ton of different loan programs, and she can find something customized to you for your situation. If you want to find out more or you want to set up a time to talk to Chaley personally, you can reach out to her at her website. It's RidgeLendingGroup.com. That's R-I-D-G-E LendingGroup.com, NMLS 42056. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you're not following the show, make sure you hit that follow button. And you'll be notified every single Tuesday when I put out a new episode. My name is Dan Lane, and this has been the Rental Income Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com.